Hello East Glenville Community Church, this is Jessica Munn with So, I have a question. So this is episode 29, and we're talking about uh, the, tre- the teachings on Sunday, May 29th, and June 5th. Really? We've done this 29 times now? Yes. <laughs> okay, this is Technically getting, yeah. 30, if you count the special. This, okay, there you go. <laughs> um, okay, so I... So we're talking about these two sermons cover the section of 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 18. Okay. And to refresher, Elijah, uh, there was the whole battle on the mountain. Elijah and God won, and then Jezebel pretty much threatens Elijah, and he runs and then asks to die and then finds himself on the mountain. I think that's a pretty condensed summary. He Oh, and that ends up on the mountain down in... Mount Sinai. Yes. Yes. At Mount Sinai. Way south, yeah. Not Mount Carmel, where the big battle was. Right. Yeah. Um, that's pretty condensed. <laughs> so I, I have a question for you, Jess. Okay. Out of the blue. What do you think of Jezebel? What's What do you think is motivating her? So I... Like, I really don't know. Like, I, I, I was trying to wrap my brain around it, but, like, how... like. You have, what proof does she have to be like, oh, like, my God is still better than Yahweh? Like, is it is it just a, like, nope, I am so stuck in my ways, uh-huh. and, like, I I demand this to be right, or maybe it's a, like, no, having all the people fall, my gods gave me more power? I could see that as a thing. Um, but it, it's one of those things where it's, like, after, after the big showdown happened, like, I... I, I just can't understand how you could be like, oh, let's not follow Yahweh. Mm. Um, and, and I could understand why, yeah, I don't know. I could almost understand why Elijah was like, oh, shoot, she's serious. Because, like, if if that entire scene on Mount Carmel didn't convince you right. that Yahweh is God, like, there is nothing that will convince But then she you. didn't see it. True. She only heard the report from Ahab. True. Um. But But you said, like... If there was fire coming down on the mountain, she probably could have seen it from that far away. 17 miles? Mm, okay, maybe not. She wouldn't have known the context. True. And maybe wouldn't even known, like, what the deal was. So, I'm just thinking of, like, was she was she trying to create space for Baal worship within Israel? Mm. And then, and and felt like she had to really push... Uh, Yahweh away so that she just so that it that could be like a normal nation where you worship all gods I can, or was okay. she trying to replace um, was she even being sneaky in the sense of she came thinking I just think we should worship all gods equally hmm. but then in her heart she's saying no I really want to crush um, the worship of Yahweh so that Baal and Asherah will be pre- preeminent mm. because that was the the Canaanite nations, not just the Phoenicians, but there are many Canaanites. That was their normal thing, right? And and Baal would be like equivalent, like Zeus, the head of the pantheon, to to have her religion done. Baal would have to be preeminent. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do, I, I do wonder, like you know, was she really just sincere? Um, was it a bit of a power play? Like mm-hmm. it's 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 all she had. Yeah. Ahab had armies and 
the the thing of a king as a as a queen. She's no longer a princess. She's a queen. Like it's it's her it's her area, and maybe in in her thinking, and maybe in a lot of people's thinking. Well, you know, the king deals with the other policies, and to the queen goes the in a sense the religious policy. She's like mm. the mother of a nation. So, yeah, it, I mean, it definitely could be. We don't really know. Um, yeah, I I find I find her interesting. Yeah, and I love Ahab. And we'll actually get more into this our next one. Okay. Because we'll start to see the character of Ahab, but I think we're seeing it now. Hmm. So what's your impression of Ahab? He, it's hard. Okay. What do I think? So he, he seems to care about his nation because he, you know, he wants rain and he, he knows. Right. So, you know, he, it seems like he's trying to be king. Um, and it definitely seems like most of this is it. Jezebel's kind of thing, most of the conflict, spiritual conflict, at yeah. least. So it it almost seems like like a little, a little. Either he's really good at delegating, or he's kind of passive and just kind of ebbs and flows with what comes at him, and wherever the tides turn. At least on the spiritual policy, the yeah. religious worship, like, and maybe there's a bit of a stereotype, like. You know, in our day, you know, well, the man brings home the paycheck and he takes care of, you know, the, you know, all that religion stuff. That's the wife's job. And maybe, I don't know, I don't know if I'm importing that idea into this, mm. but I almost wonder if Ahab cared that much. Yeah. And he wants, he wants his wife to be happy. Um, right. If you have a, an angry wife who's from another nation, do you get that nation angry with you? Like, mm. When was the marriage to Jezebel part of an alliance structure? Right. Most, almost certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, those weren't on our list, but I no. thought I'd, I'd throw that at you just just to get us started. No, and I I thought that was good, and I think that that leads right in because my first question was like, why do you think Jezebel's threat in particular was the trigger point for Elijah? Like, why was that specific action or event the thing that really tipped him off? I don't know. It, it's it's been meditating, thinking that through. Like, why does Elijah do what he does? Mm-hmm. That I think it drove a lot of the sermon, and I, I really do think it's an exhaustion factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I emphasize this very much, and at least I remember talking a little bit about it. How he ran down the mountain <laughs> in seventeen miles, and it doesn't totally explain why. True. Um, I mean, there's the mental exhaustion, the, the, and then you had physical, and I think it just made him susceptible. Mm. Where if he was at his his top of his game, like ready for it, he could have responded differently. Mm. Um, and maybe he thought after the crowd chanting that, well, okay, we're good, and then it just felt like, oh, it was all for naught. Mm. What does it matter if, you know, if I win this great victory, but they kill me anyways? Right. So it kind of felt, I, that's what I, I, I think of it going on. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because if like, yeah, if the people don't change after that event, if the people don't change their minds, like there's, I don't know if there's much that can convince them. So then it's almost like, well, we tried. Oh, well, throw up our hands and. And even if the people change their mind, but if. Jezebel doesn't relent. Yeah. With the power she has, she yeah. could. Yeah. 
And if Ahab goes along with her. Mm -hmm. um, so I did, because... Okay, I'm jumping around a little bit. But uh, you bring up an interesting point there, too, is just the how how connected physical exhaustion is to spiritual exhaustion. Mm. Or at least at least in this case for Elijah. And I was wondering if, if you thought that was, like... Is that a, a common theme, you think, that often if we're physically exhausted, um, we can find ourselves more easily susceptible to s spiritual exhaustion? And uh... Yeah. I, um, I mean, I, I think in Elijah's case, it, there is the physical. I, I really think the emotional was the bigger factor than the mm -hmm. physical. And mm -hmm. As much as I talked about him running down the mountain, to... To, to imagine that day where you – the whole day, you, it's you versus 850 people and he just has to have a complete mental focus on that. Mm. Um, I just think he spent in that sense. So it's – the physical may add to it. Um, the quote I made from C.S. Lewis is the – that talks about the law of undulation – um, was that with this one? I don't think that was the one before. But anyways, it's it's the idea that in all of our things, we are up and down. And mm -hmm. and so in our spiritual life, there's times where if you feel spiritually um, distant from God, mm -hmm. no matter what. Um, but it seems especially to happen where he had this really high that he, he sinks down lower. Mm -hmm. uh, does that do you have a different idea on this because I, I don't know if I answered your question as well as no I, I think that I think that makes sense and I think that a lot of times people think of like oh it's just like I just have to be spiritually like grounded and not realizing how much our emotions and our physical state can also yeah. influence how we're understanding picturing you know relating with God um, yeah uh, I mean I just think that when I'm hungry I get grumpy like I really, and I, it, it affects my thoughts about all kinds of things mm -hmm. and we are, our moods are affected by physical factors. Yeah. Um, and I think we're more prone to temptation during like times of physical tiredness or emotional exhaustion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to remember somebody, somebody had given a sermon and they said it was like the three physical things. It was tired, hungry. I can't remember what the last one though. It was like the the three physical things where it's like just be aware that like it's probably influencing your emotions and even like how you're understanding things spiritually at the moment. Uh huh. Um, and that was that had been helpful when I first heard it. Um, okay, so. Um, and so, given that, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll answer your question that you haven't asked yet. Is rest is part of God's plan for us, mm. right? We we. We're not meant to go all the time hard mm -hmm. and, you know, we're made to need rest and, um, yeah. What, what do you find restful in the sense of, are there things you find restful that renew your spirit? Not just sleep, <laughs> right? There's, we need that too. Yep. But rest includes like what other what other activities help you feel rested and renewed in your life yeah that's that's a great question it's actually something that a 
a bit ago, I was trying to figure out better and I would experiment and try different activities. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the ones I landed on was, uh, uh, I would do like a coloring book and then put worship music on an an adult type coloring book. That was, that was one activity where I could, I could kind of just let my mind focus on the, the words of the music. And then I could, I was doing a physical activity though, that kept me focused and, Mm. um, so that was, I think that was one. I don't know. Do you have any? Well, I, I, there's certain spiritual things such as just getting time. For me, it's even better when it's outside mm. where I can read a little bit, maybe read the Bible or read. I've been lately also reading Knowing God, the um, Packer book, mm-hmm. but also journaling, writing out, um, just, just kind of. There, there's that side of things, and then there's just the just rest, rest. Um, so I certainly need exercise, mm. and it's it's almost opposite. Like I, I need the physical exercise, and then sometimes I get the nap in or whatever the um, yeah. the downtime. Um, sometimes I just need alone time. Mm. This is where I think I mean Elijah was both alone, but he was also like indivisible eye mm-hmm. and i i could see like after a sunday morning where you're just interacting with a lot of people sometimes what i need most is a hike in the woods mm-hmm. or getting away with my family or just a few people yeah yeah those i find restful but it's hard because it's it's almost like you have different needs for rest at different times Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes something can count as rest and other times I don't find it as restful. Um, right. Do you ever find yourself doing activities that don't actually help you rest? Like um, things that actually make you feel worse at the end of it? Yes. Um, so for me, movies are draining. Really? Yes. Um, which is Hence part of why... why I... you never have seen what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so often I'm not refreshed. I am either more wired or more, well, in a bad way wired, though. Okay. Um, but, yeah, usually more tired after watching a show. Yeah. Um. I, if I do too much TV in a day, like, I feel like then I've wasted a day. Mm. And, you know, in the winter, bad weather days, like, sometimes you just get, you know, whether it's binge watching something or whatever. Yep. And then part of me gets aggravated because I think we should have used this day better. And then I just get annoyed with myself for not oh, I definitely doing, do that. doing better. And um, I, su- I suspect sometimes too much phone time, whether it's social media or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like you just wasted half an hour and you didn't even. And it didn't fit anything you don't you don't feel happier at the end of it right yeah no i can agree that one's just definitely sort of grabs your attention mm-hmm. without satisfying anyway yeah yeah i actually had somebody who when he was talking about how he did the sabbath it was somebody one of our um university leaders uh he said that for him he liked working out but if he like did something normal like lifted weights or something like that, like, he would feel the need to, like, do well and either, like, kind of beat his goals or impress himself Mm. or something like that. And so he picked, he said he he purposely picked, like, the most unimpressive 
act- physical activity, so he would go on the uh, elliptical. Okay. And to him, like, the he working out was restful, but when he wasn't thinking about the other things that came with it. And so the youth... Not did, trying like, to beat his or, goals. I, I yeah. get that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the elliptical was his solution. Yeah. That's where I find hiking falls into that... Uh, I'm not competing in any way. Like mm-hmm. where I'm when I'm on the bike, I I I am thinking about oh, I got to ride harder. So <laughs> yeah, hmm. cool. So I did want to go back because I had an interesting thought. So as Elijah, you know, Elijah gets the threat from Jezebel and he starts running and fleeing into the wilderness. Yeah. Um. Do you think God tried to stop him? Like, you know, send reminders like, "Hey, I'm here." Like. Or do you think God just kind of said, like, I know he needs his space, like, let him go. This is, I ha- I have room for that. I would suspect the latter, that, that, that God, he knew Elijah had been through the ringer. Mm-hmm. And hence meeting him in the wilderness and giving him, I mean, I just love the picture of the angel of the Lord sitting over Elijah, mm-hmm. you know, cooking bread as he slept for a day and a half or something. Yeah. Um, I, that's a picture of God's individual care for his servants. Mm-hmm. I think of um, the comparison is Jesus with his disciples in the feeding of the 5,000 where they worked really hard that day at distributing the bread and all the fish to thousands of people when they started the day hungry. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the day, he says, now you go pick up bread for you. And they each have a basket mm. of, you know, I think God will take care of us. He may ask a lot, but he will take care of his servants. Mm. So I find that encouraging. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I suspect God was okay with what was happening. Cool. Mm. Okay. So then another thing that we've kind of, or that you mentioned too, is that, uh, the, oh, I forgot how C.S. Lewis put it, the law of undulation. Undulation. That's it. Uh, so I know that, like, I think every single conference I've gone to, almost, has always talked about the, like, this is the spiritual high. Like, be prepared for the spiritual crash when you get home. Right. Um, have you, have you found, like, any ways to, I don't, I wouldn't say prevent the undulation, but maybe, like, make it a little smaller so it's not as bad of a crash? Um... I think, I, I don't know if this is actually solves it, but for me it would be try to have time where then you can just process it. Mm. And so the day after, it's it's the couple days of thinking, you know, what did I learn from this? And almost using it as a, a review rather than, and then just knowing if you don't feel the spiritual warmth you know, thing, feelings in your heart that you felt, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So part of it is just being prepared that like, yeah, I know it, it felt great to that time. This, this will feel more normal or, mm-hmm. um, but, and I, I think preparing, do, doing, doing a little work on it and then reviewing it in your mind, like, okay, what were the spiritual lessons I learned? Mm-hmm. Maybe even preparing to take what you learned and, and present it somewhere. I think that could be helpful because mm. um, I'm thinking like even with mission trips, that's the other times yeah. 
where but you come back and, and what you really need is all right let's what did what did we take away from this so you know the mission trip we're doing um we have built in a couple days we finished camp on friday night we have that weekend um mm-hmm. as a team we'll, we'll kind of spend some time and saying all right what what did we draw from this and yeah. So that's my only suggestion I think I would have. Do you have anything else that I I think most of the best advice I've gotten that seems to be helpful is that kind of the same thing like specifically add extra time in for things like rest, for things like processing, emotional yeah. processing and then even like add in making sure to add in activities that do like fill you up type of thing and revive you. Yeah. And, uh, like, just specific... And not intention- just sleep. Right. Being intentional to add more of those things um, yeah. can help. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm going to throw back a different question. Okay. Why do you think the Lord sent Elijah down to Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb? He had already fled down to, to southern Judah. Right. So he went, sent him, and the, at that, Elijah did on his own. Mm-hmm. So the Lord specifically said, go to Mount, Mount Horeb. I think there's, I think there's something about, like, being in a a designated place. Okay. Um, like, as you said, God could have met him anywhere. Um, but just as some people have like, you know, oh, this is the chair that I always do my quiet time or like this is, uh-huh. you know, this is the location that I've, um, I go back to every time, every couple of years when I do like spiritual retreat or something. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, it brings with it the reminder of like God's faithfulness or as you said, God's covenant. And it also like can continue to bring away the rest of the distractions. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I think that's one one reason so it was so elijah can could be in a place where he's ready to hear mm-hmm. yeah i mean i kind of offered three ones that's one of them the other is the journey itself getting yeah. the time away even to get there was part of the point and then the the third and i think it's pretty significant is since the issue was them not staying true to the covenant mm-hmm. is going to the place where the covenant was enacted yeah so so yeah, but it, it's for Elijah's spiritual readiness, mm-hmm. that was pretty important. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to get practical too, you could say that God led him to a mountain so that when he came with his giant gust of wind and fire, he didn't like you know <laughs> hurt the neighboring people. True, <laughs> but right, so that that is a good place for God's little demonstration. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. Um. So we have been talking a lot about rest. Uh, and so one of the things that comes to mind when I think of rest and especially like being intentional about it is the, um, old Testament rule and law of the Sabbath. And you had also mentioned that in your sermon. And so like, is it, is the Sabbath something that you follow? Is it something that we should consider either as a church or our families or individually type of thing? Um, Jesus said, um, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Mm. Meaning God gave the Sabbath knowing that 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 idea of rest was an an inherent need. And I do think we should build it into our lives in some way. 
what the Pharisees had done is made keeping the Sabbath more work and no rest. Mm. And so Jesus was arguing against that as a making it as a law, mm-hmm. but instead understanding it as a need and a principle. Um, so I do have a day that I I set aside for me, separate from Sunday, um, and I try to do things that that renew and build me up and um, yeah. So I, I think the Sabbath is important. Um, but I'm not, truthfully, I'm not a legalist about it. I mean, when something comes up on that day, sometimes it just doesn't work, and I, I re redirect it for another time. Mm-hmm. Would you? I. Is, what is what is does Sunday feel like a Sabbath for a typical church going Christian? Because for me, my that's not my Sabbath. That's my day of work. Yeah, you're asking somebody who's on the worship team. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't, uh, Sabbath, well, the Sundays for me, it depends on the season I'm in. Uh-huh. Um, in college, Sunday, it was pretty easy to make Sunday my uh, rest day. Yeah. Uh, now it's a little harder because a lot of times Sunday evening becomes prep for the week. Okay. Um, And so, and it depends on, even though worship team isn't spiritually draining for me which is part of why i do it so often because i enjoy it um i do have to wake up early yeah and uh sometimes especially if i don't get good sleep the night before then it's not a super restful uh day unless i take a nap in the afternoon but well and and so i've heard jewish people talk about you know the sabbath which for them would be saturday but oftentimes it's it's a day for family interaction Mm mm-hmm and or or being accessible to neighbors and doing things that um in some ways it, it's about not making money yeah you know it's doing doing beyond what you would normally do so even service to god even though it might feel non-restful mm-hmm. is still a change of pace right and um yeah. You know. Yeah, I think that the the idea of the it being the change of pace and the like especially we live in a materialistic and uh you know, produce driven culture. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah, finding something that doesn't necessarily produce something or accomplish something or you know, meet a demand and just having a slower different pace and a different look. Yeah. is helpful. The other phrase I heard and it's actually Dennis Prager, who's who's a Jewish, a faithful Jewish um, teacher. It said, "In someone who who works seven days a week and never stops is effectively a slave." Mm. Right? You know, yeah. I I brought you out of Egypt yep. to be my people. I'm giving you this day of rest. If if money is so important to you that you never stop working, then you are a slave. Mm-hmm. Uh, that always kind of stuck out to me. Yeah. Oh, I could. Okay, I can keep talking about. The yeah, Sabbath. we could. That's a whole trying, different topic. Yeah, that we didn't I was really... trying to not go on that tangent, but we did, yeah. which is good. Um, okay, so you, uh, so your the first sermon that we're talking about, you mentioned the kind of the four spiritual or the four key truths that are good to cling to um, when we're in a, a rough season or a, a down season type mm-hmm. of a thing. Uh, so the first one was 
in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. Yeah. Uh, the second was, we are sons and daughters of God. Uh, the third is, he will finish what he started in us. And then the fourth was, I am saved not by my own strength, but by his grace. Um, so I'm just curious, any practical ways that you found that are really helpful in drilling these in to your um, conscience? <laughs> noting them when you find them, because I, I mean, all of those truths are echoed multiple times mm. in the scriptures. And so I kind of picked out four scriptures that said it that I think, but man, if you just did it every time you, I see that same truth spoken here. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know other than just knowing them and, and keeping them in mind when you don't feel them. And I, that's where I think it's, it's, it's even when you don't feel them to be true, they are true. Mm-hmm. that's what I wanted people to go away with. And, and that's the thing is sometimes it just doesn't feel like it's true in my heart. Mm-hmm. Like, like you just can't feel it and that's okay. It doesn't mean it's not true. Um, so yeah. What about you? Do you have any suggestions on that? Uh, or, or was there a different truth or a different way to say one of those that would be, you would say differently? I don't... I don't think so. Okay. Uh, well, I guess. I guess the... Um, I guess one way... Uh, one way that's helped me drill some of these in is, like, if if I'm in a situation when I'm, where I'm not feeling it at the uh, moment, like, having having someone else I trust remind me of it. Okay. Even if it's, like, frequent. Um... And so that, I found that to be helpful, even just getting, like, the external reminders, too. And hence, continuing to gather with God's people. Mm-hmm. When you're like, I'm not sure this is going to do much for me today, but I'm going to come anyways. Yeah. And I've seen God honor that, and that's when you hear that truth you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think I'm going to... Jump. So, you were talking about the second or this past Sunday, uh, the theological significance of God interacting with Elijah on Mount Sinai, mm-hmm. and how like how the the fire and the wind and the the earthquake showed up before God's whisper and the theological significance of that. Uh, so I was just curious because God, you know, God said to or told the people, the Israelites, to not make or worship images of anything in all of creation right. because he was jealous. Um, and so that's all the way back in, like, Exodus 20. But is this the first time where he fully explains, like, why that he's above it all? Or is it or was it just a, like, they would have gotten that, but this is just the first time, or the people listening would have understood it, but this is the first time it's, like, laid out so plainly in Mm. scripture well i would say the reason he actually gives in he does talk about being jealous or zealous Mm -hmm. um but he the reason he actually gives in exodus 20 is he is holy Mm. which means that he is not a part of this this universe so but i don't think they were getting that i think 
you know, that this is trying to drill home that truth. Okay. And I, I see it beginning to shift from this point forward that, that God continues to emphasize that truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see the later writing prophets who start, who come after Elijah. They really emphasize that, especially Isaiah. Um, so do you think part of that emphasizing of that truth is why like God kind of at this point stopped interacting with people on a, a face-to-face basis in the mm. physical and started being more in the spiritual realm? And I'm trying to think how accurate that was. Like obviously the angel of the Lord appears to Elijah right before this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have to dig in deep, but I, I had had that thought before that, you know, well, and, you know, earlier on he appeared as the pillar of fire or right. the angel of the Lord. And then I knew at some point when the, the, the temple was gone, it was more by his prophets. But I, I'd never made the connection with this actual passage. Mm. But I do feel like this may be a demarcation and that God is beginning to teach that. But, um, I, I'm speculating a little bit, I guess, when I'm saying that is, yeah. um, one is it's hard to know, like God reserves the right to do what he does. And so I think he does show up in different ways, but, um, mm. this seems to be a significant passage, I guess is the point. Yeah. And, and God wants his people to learn to, to recognize a spirit. And now I'm just repeating myself. So. <laughs> Do we have more to it? Do you have a, a, a different answer? No, I don't. I I was just, yeah, no, I I was okay. trying to think through, and I couldn't I couldn't come up with anything that really made much sense. So. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I I think it's fascinating to think that this is God saying, if it is true, all right, you've seen me, you've seen me in, in power. And Elijah, I, I, I poured down fire to burn mm-hmm. up the sacrifices you wanted. But that's not actually having this long-term convincing. Yeah. So from now on, I'm going to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And that's a little speculative about why God's doing it. But I, I just makes me wonder. I think that makes sense, though. Because like the even if you go back right to the first time God's giving the covenant on Mount Sinai... Like, he he does the crazy, you know, um, doesn't he engulf the whole mountain with the clouds his, yeah, and the lightning the and his of presence? glory, you know, yeah. he appears in glory and power. And everybody's terrified. Right. Whereas with a gentle whisper, it's more open for dialogue and building a relationship and growing. Mm. And so maybe maybe that's just the new tactic. Like, okay, I did the powerful thing. You know that I'm the boss. Now, like, I want you to actually know me more and not just know that I'm the all-powerful boss type mm-hmm. of thing, maybe. And learn to seek him. Mm-hmm. Speculating. Yeah, okay. So that was most of my questions. Did you have any more? Well, um... I jumped around a little bit. We did. <laughs> And I, I was going to ask you, so we, we did, I did talk about like learning to recognize that gentle whisper. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there an aspect where 
that is that's sort of the other question is how do you learn to recognize that spirit and i made a suggestion mm-hmm. that that to elijah god's voice comes as a question you know what are you doing here elijah mm-hmm. and that resonated with me because there have been that couple times in my life where i really felt like god speaking it did come as a question and i just wondered if that resonated with you if or if that made sense in some way I think it made sense and it, it resonated. There's been a couple of times where God has come to me with like a question. Okay. Um, but there's, there's been other times he hasn't, but it's never been, I think the other thing you command, you compared it to was like a command. Mm. Like it's never been a go do this or go do that. Um, often like if I'm already seeking discernment on something, He'll, he'll give me a, a phrase that has a lot of meaning to me in that moment that gives me the courage or the direction I need to choose the correct way mm. without explicitly being like, do this. Um, and so I think, and as you said, like, it's kind of a, it's, it's communicating in a way that's not commanding. Um, and it's, it's doing it more as a, a friend to a friend, a person to person type of. And how often did Jesus teach through questions oh all the time yeah when somebody pointed that out to me they were like why why do we tell they were specifically talking about high schoolers but like why do we tell high schoolers all the answers when they ask us a question why don't we just do what jesus does and ask them a question back yeah and i was just like oh that would get so annoying but actually you learn so much more (laughs) doing that and even when he was teaching he phrased it as a question like why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Mm-hmm. He could have given that as an exhortation. Instead, he made it yeah, a question. Yeah, a question. Because he expects you to then go back and think about it. Yeah, like, why, why do, do I? I? <laughs> yeah. And the why matters. It's mm-hmm. not just think like, oh, what's my tendency? So I think there is something to to that of how God approaches people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you did, I did, that is the section I jumped because you did talk about the three steps to kind of recognizing the spiritual truths and how it was like, seek him, surrender, and then learn. Uh-huh. And that's kind of what we're talking about is the, the learning. Right. Um, and so is there, was there any like specific disciplines or steps that you've kind of developed? I've mentioned it twice now is journaling. Okay. Yeah. That, that works for me and others that seems have not, some people seems to and others you know have different ones Mm -hmm. um i knew some pastor friends who who did discipline of silence Mm. and i just fall asleep so for (laughs) me it's not just me (laughs) yeah i i sometimes will do that a little bit but the the journaling um or i do spiritual hikes Mm. or or even you know i just give this time even if it's exercise oriented and sometimes my Sometimes I'm hearing from God when I'm not trying to. Yeah. Which is the opposite of seeking. But I think it's even just giving giving him the opportunity. I was going to say, is it really not seeking if you're specifically setting aside time? Like, I'm previously right. setting aside this hike to just hike and be and let you speak in if you right. feel like Instead it. Instead of seeking a specific answer. Right. I'm saying, yeah. So I found that to be helpful. Mm. Do you have any to add? I don't think so. I think I think often sometimes just like specifically slowing down. Mm. Um so I find often 
uh, while doing the dishes, actually, mm. uh, because it's one of those I can just work with my hands and I'm not like inputting other things or trying to think. I'm not trying to solve a problem like I am at work or I'm not like inputting something I'm reading or working on in my brain. And so that extra empty space uh, is one spot where where I'll often get some insights, even yeah. if I'm not looking for it. Yeah. But, well, hey, we are getting to our time limit. Yes. But um. But thank you. Thank as you. As always. <laughs> and uh, see you in two weeks. All right.